Welcome everyone to the How to Get the Most Out of College podcast. There's a lot of talk about where to go to college, but not nearly enough about how to go to college. And it's the everyday decisions that drive your success. I'm your host, Elliot Felix. I've been a consultant to more than 100 colleges and universities, helping them improve their student experience. And I'm the author of How to Get the Most Out of College, where I take what I've learned about how college works and make it work for you. So the college search process can be about checking a bunch of boxes and a real drudgery, or you can use it as a chance to learn about yourself and uncover who you are, why you're going to college, where you might go, and use it as a process of really discovering these things, make it enjoyable, make it useful in so many ways so that you can find your focus, so that you can find your fit. And I am really excited to have Lisa Marka Robbins from Flourish Coaching here today. She helps students identify the right college major and their future career path and plan for that. Welcome, Lisa. Well, thanks for having me, Elian. I'm happy to be here. It's great to have you. And I, I would love to hear how you got started with helping students find the right major and plan for their careers. So I'm a teacher at heart. When I graduated college, which a long time ago, 1991, I was a classroom teacher, but I left the classroom after about eight years. I was working with high school students, and I love that age. I know some people will go like, ah, I don't get that, but I do. And when I left the classroom, I continued to work with supporting teenagers and supporting their parents on the college-bound journey. And a big piece of that as an independent college counselor was to help find the right colleges. It can be really hard to build out that college list that fits the individual student and the family in so many regards if you don't begin with the end in mind. And so I kept bouncing up against this difficulty of if we don't know what we want to study, it can be challenging. And then I even saw some of my students who went on to college you know, they're in college and they're extending their time in college, not graduating in four years as planned because they were experimenting with majors so much. And sometimes they even found that while they were at a school who fit them in so many ways, they discovered after they were in college that they perhaps wanted a career path that required a specific major, not all do, but that major wasn't at that school. Then it leads to transfer. And I thought there's got to be a better way to do this. So about 2008, I set out on a journey to figure out, okay, how am I going to solve this problem for families, for teenagers? That's great. I can definitely see how important that is. I know so many schools are admitting directly to a school, directly to a major, and it's a lot to ask of anyone to find that focus, let alone, you know, a 17 or 18 year old, or even, a, you know, an adult learner over 25. It's a lot to figure out. And all these things are so interrelated. There's a who, there's a why, there's a what, there's a where, and there's a how to college. And they, they all talk to each other. So if you understand yourself, if you understand the who, maybe that can help you figure out what to study and where to go and how to go to college. Can you paint us a picture or tell us a story about you know, work with a family to find that focus so they could then find that fit? So a lot of times when I begin working with a family, it's because the student is completely overwhelmed because the world is their oyster, which is a great position to be in. The world is your oyster. And it can be overwhelming, as well as when you start to narrow in on something. I see a lot of students get overwhelmed by FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. Well, this looks good, but gosh, what about over there? Maybe I should switch. And 
to get them on the right path, it starts with, and you already said it, it's really knowing themselves well. So that's what I start with. I actually have a three-pillar framework that I take families through. So the student needs to know themselves deeply. Then we find careers that align with their wiring. They look like the adults that are already doing those jobs and are very happy in those jobs. But now all of a sudden the world's not your oyster, right? So it's not quite as overwhelming. Like I could be anything. Well, probably not. I mean, I know there's a lot of jobs that I think are interesting that I probably could not do. So you get to know yourself deeply. And then using that time in high school to really explore how you align with the careers. You know, you talk about the who, the what, the why. Colleges want to hear that during the college application process, right? I always say they're going to ask you to look back. So where have you been? Tell us that story and how it fits with you and where you're headed. What are you doing now? And where do you see yourself going in the future? And so the students are going to have to express that on the college application. And that's going to take some intentional work. That's great. Give us a sense of this intentional work. You're talking about understanding who you are and connecting that to potential careers. I imagine you have, as part of this three-step process, you have some tools, you have some methodology. It's not, you know, dig into the Bureau of Labor Statistics job codes and, you know, imagine right. yourself doing this. Like, how do you get from here to there? We do use those job codes, though, I'm going to say that Occupational Outlook Handbook is a nice tool, but it is one oh, cool. tiny tool in the process. Yeah, we include that in our process. So it's funny that you mentioned that because we've never talked about that before. But it is a really good tool if somebody just wants to see what's out there, right? Who doesn't geek out on the BLS job uh, codes? Exactly. I, mean, I think we yeah. just said a whole lot about the two of us. So that is a fantastic tool to just see what's out there and learn about careers, but you've got to find the alignment. I have students take the Berkman Personality Assessment. I'm master certified in that. I've given that assessment to over 3,700 students so far, and that tells them a lot about themselves. But then, yes, you research. We have different tools for researching careers. You mentioned BLS.gov, where that Occupational Outlook Handbook is. That is one tool. but you know, researching, it's not enough. You've got to get up close and personal. So I think the real work is when we get into what I call curating experiences, right? So you can know yourself and there's going to be a whole list of jobs that might look like you would enjoy them. And then you research those jobs and reading about them or hearing somebody talk about them is one thing. But then when we talk about curating experiences, that goes into what are the choices of classes that you're taking in high school? How are you getting intellectually curious outside of your classroom at your high school? How could we lean into your extracurriculars to get up close and personal to different careers? And then even doing job shadows and internships and paid work, all of those types of things. You know, it's really a lot of us just want a quick pill, a quick something, flip of the switch, but it's a process. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And I think it's important that students think about that because the college investment financially and time-wise is huge. But while a student's going to school for four years, they're going to be working for 40 or more years, probably more these days, right? So let's make sure we're beginning with that end in mind. That's great. And I love the fact that it's like you take an assessment, you take the Berkman assessment or another assessment. Uh, and then you pair that with reflecting on what you're doing and then you try things out 
with shadowing, with internships. And it reminds me of the movement within colleges to embrace, you know, what a lot of folks talk about as life design, where you're blending together courses and careers and you're applying design thinking to your life and your career path. And you're looking for ways to not see career planning as this like separate thing you're doing spare time that you don't have senior year of college, you're doing it throughout and you're looking for ways to do that design thinking, that testing with an internship, with a shadowing. Could I see myself here? What are some quick ways, you know, to try it out? That's such great advice. What are the things that typically hold people back from embracing this kind of approach? Like why don't more folks take an assessment, do a reflection, try things out? Yeah, there's a number of them that I hear families talking about before we get into the process. One of them is, and you hit on it, we're so busy, right? I have three now young adult children, and it was not so long ago that I was a mom with three teenagers in my house, and there's no parent pause button. We can't hit pause. Graduation's coming. And so that overwhelm of like, oh my word, we're already so busy. How are we going to fit in one more thing? But to your point, Elliot, finding a way to infuse this, like we're treating the whole person we are not siloed in our lives. And so graduation's coming, college applications are coming. Many colleges, particularly public research universities, are admitting by major. And at a lot of those schools, some majors, if you don't apply to that major as a 12th grader, so biomedical engineering at Johns Hopkins or nursing at Creighton or computer science at University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign, you don't choose that in 12th grade, that is not open for you to transfer into later. Yeah, computer science anywhere is a, <laughs> it's a pretty tough thing to Actually, transfer into. Yeah, yeah. I had Andy Borst on my podcast. He's the director of admission at University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. He shared that while as an institution, they admit, I think it was somewhere 47 to 50% of their applicants, and they do favor Illinois residents but they only admit 7% of computer science majors and you have to apply in the 12th grade. So those decisions, those things are coming. And we know that 73% of students attend a state public. They don't go to a private liberal arts school where it's easier to change majors and it's not as siloed, right? So knowing that that's coming, we have to find a way to kind of blend this all in there. So that's one objection sometimes, like we don't have the time, but I'm like, well, you have to find the time. Another one is, can a, yeah. can a high school student really know what they want to do forever? And I say, well, it's not forever. It's a first step. My first step was teaching. I'm still a teacher at heart. You know, your current job, career is rooted in the background of what you got. So when we know ourselves really well and we're making an intentional first choice, our pivots are not a major U-turn, typically. They're just like a slight bend in the road to go. You know, evolution, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes so much sense. You know, getting over the barriers of like time and maybe expecting too much, you know, of the decision that really resonates with me. I think so, so much of my book is helping students find a way to almost do more with less or like, how do you make one plus one equals three? Like if you're a journalism major, go to an event bring a friend and then write about it, right? So you're like, you're hitting, you're checking the engagement involvement box and you're checking the class assignment box at the same time. And then understanding like if you pick a focus, it's okay that, you know, that can change, that can evolve, but it's better than like 
analysis. Paralysis. Paralysis. Yeah. You know, so people are going to go to bls.gov. But what about another .gov, the college scorecard? I mean, I think it's there are more and more data, more and more studies where now students can think about salary and finances as part of this discussion. You've talked about FID and interests and assessment and activities. You know, what role should like future salary, what role should finances play, you know, in these decisions? Yeah, I love that question because I do get pushback there. First of all, we look at that as part of that second pillar, no careers. So we research careers first, then we curate experiences to get up close and personal with the ones that we go, okay, I like what I've learned through the research process, right? So the future salaries, those are, I think, important. I don't like the advice, follow your passion. I think it's horrible advice. So we're going to get some haters when I say that. (laughs) I'm sure we'll get some feedback of like, it's great advice. I know human beings are super complicated. I have a lot of passions that I don't do in my day job. I do them in my free time. There are certain things I love to study, but I don't want to do it for a living. So this follow your passion without being rooted in data and evidence, I think is a mistake. Parents, when I talk to parents, like, what do you want for your kid? And you're not there yet with your own children. You know, you're not getting ready to launch them yet. But those are in that stage of life. You're talking to them as you're writing your book and working in your day job. They just want their kids to be launched. They do not want them moving back into their house after graduation, by the way. And I can attest to that as an empty nester. They do not want them moving home. They do not want them saddled with debt. They want them enjoying their job and successfully launched and thriving in life. So there's a huge financial component to that. It's not going into too much debt to get your education. It's having a job that can pay the bills. And you know what? Sometimes as we develop our proficiency, our passion grows. So let's not be closed-minded and think like, oh, I'm not passionate about this right now, or there's different pieces. Like, let's be open-minded and know that we're going to college to develop those proficiencies. And as proficiency grows, passion grows. That's great. And I think you're right, like passion, interests they're only one part of the equation. And if you put blinders on to follow them, then you're going to lead yourself astray and you need to couple that with like skills and interests and value and market and what the world needs and why you're the person to provide it. I think that's so important. With what you just said and leaning into the college scorecard piece of this, you know, another data point, I think, and now I'm going to go back to BLS or onetonline.org, either one of them, they're leaning into the same for those people that don't know the Department of Labor. So when we look at that, you also should look at, you know, is a field shrinking, growing, things like that. So another data point beyond the importance of income, also Is it growing? Are there going to be growth opportunities in this field? You could be really passionate about something. You could be really good at it. You could have a living wage doing that job. But if this is one that is a shrinking and disappearing field and there aren't going to be numerous job opportunities, might you think about something that's in an adjacent field that would share some of those attributes? The idea of thinking about the demand, what's growing, what's shrinking, is so important, whether from a financial standpoint or or otherwise. And it makes me think of one level below, like the major, the field, the career are the skills. And, you know, the skills 
are often what's transferable from one field to another. And we know which ones are maybe gaining in, in value. So for our final question here, can you talk a little bit about how students were thinking about the who, the where, the why, the how, the what, how do skills factor into that? How do you learn, you know, what you're good at, what skills you have, what skills you want to develop, and how does that come across in the application process? You know, I hate the advice of like, pick your favorite class in high school. A lot of well-meaning adults will say, oh, you know, oh, you're great. You love math. Okay. And then they'll extrapolate out to engineering or statistics as a major, right? Well, there's a lot of fish in the sea if we think about shows. It's like on The Bachelorette. You pick your one person from this sample of 20 people that were on there. And there were a lot of other fish in the sea that maybe you should have looked at. However, when it comes to skills, I do think that you can extrapolate a lot from what you're enjoying and excelling at in the classroom. At the same time, there are skills that are in demand by every employer. I encourage students to take a computer class, right? I encourage them to take a communications-based course, public speaking, or you might hate to write. Great. The best class you could probably take is creative writing. So skill-based, those skills are going to transfer to any job. And as your proficiency grows, you might discover something else that you would really enjoy. That's great advice. Communication, critical thinking, collaboration. Thank you so much, Lisa, for a great conversation. Great advice, helping students find their focus, understand who they are, translate that into a major and a career and have all that show up and jump off the page in their application. Thanks for having me, Elliot. Really appreciate it. Thanks everyone for listening. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts and check out elliotfelix.com for all the episodes and the articles I've written, talks I've given, and more information about the book. Mm -hmm.